the manger? The cross. It makes me, it is always a yearly reminder that God died for us. The presents. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive your king. Decorating the stockings. My family. Setting up the tree and having all of our Christmas traditions done. Let every heart prepare him room. Jesus and family. Making Christmas cookies. Seeing all my family and seeing my grandma and grandpa because they live in like three or four hours away. And heaven and nature sing. Spending time with my family and friends. When you get presents under the Christmas tree. I'm Santa coming and giving presents. And heaven and nature sing. Spending time with my family and just having a great time. Opening my presents with my family. Is when Mimi comes out um, this little stable and you twist the star and it says little, little, little star, but it says it in like notes. In heaven, in heaven, the nature sing. And I love spending time with my family and I love just sharing the Lord with other people. Presents. The day Jesus was born. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings and great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day, in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Probably many of us as children have a recollection of times when we had a Christmas that uh, we still remember. Maybe it was a bicycle. When I was a kid, my parents made the mistake of buying me a little drum set, you know, and uh, then I went on to bigger drum sets and all of those kinds of things. The fun of, of being a kid and the the heart of being with family and opening presents and feeling that closeness together. But it's a study that was done this summer, really, as we think about joy to the world, goes kind of in the complete opposite way. A survey this summer, again, said that 27% of Americans said they can't, uh, they couldn't remember what it meant to be truly happy. 45% said it had been more than two years since they felt happiness. We're talking pre-COVID. More than 50% said that they have been more unhappy in the past year than they have in any other year. So you come to a Christmas service and, you know, it's decorated and you sing songs you know and you see little kids and their excitement. And then we face the reality of adults that sometimes there's just not this sense of joy and happiness in our own life. And we open the scripture and we find passages about joy and we hear about Jesus and his coming and him bringing joy. And we think, you know, am I missing somewhere uh, or something along the lines of this aspect of joy in my own life? 
I want to do something a little bit different today and in, in, in the, the message time because I, as we look at the gospel of Luke, there are three major occurrences in Jesus's life where there is joy that is expressed. And then there are two times when Jesus speaks to us about joy that I want us just to kind of examine this morning in the few minutes that we spend. And as we think about Christmas and the meaning of Christmas and really experiencing joy, I want us to think about these three times in Jesus's life where there was an experience of joy and there was a proclamation of joy. The first is, is there is joy in the coming of Jesus. There's joy in the coming of Jesus. You know this, and you just heard the boys and girls read it, but in Luke chapter 2, when we think about the coming of Jesus, and we think about that night when the shepherds are keeping watch over their flock by night, and in Luke chapter 2, it, it tells us in, in verse 8, it says in the same region, there's shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock. And an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel says something to them that, that you need to be aware of in Luke 2, 10 and 11. The angel said to them, don't be afraid for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. There's joy in the coming of Christ. Now, as the angels proclaimed this message of joy, I'm bringing you good news of great joy. You have to understand that they're sharing this with shepherds. And when we look at the social strata of Israel in the first century, the shepherds were on the very bottom rung. They, they were next to what some said were the dung keepers and the tax collectors. They were on the very bottom. And yet, in their humble position and in their humble life, as they're watching sheep on a field in the nighttime, and the angel speaks to them and says, look, I want you to know that there is joy. There is joy for shepherds. Some of you may not be happy with your job. You may not be happy with where you've ended up in the in the financial class or the social class of society. And the Lord says, that really has nothing to do with having joy or not. The truth is, is the joy is in the coming of Jesus so that even a shepherd could experience joy in the first century and you can surely experience joy in the world today. Now, joy is not just a momentary glimpse of, of emotion and happiness that comes upon us when something good happens. But there is an inner satisfaction and there is a deep abiding peace and happiness in God in knowing that he is with me and knowing that he is for me and knowing that he loves me. And so we think of the Christmas message. There's joy in the coming of Jesus. Now, many of you know, Jesus then lived a perfect life. And he went out and he called disciples and he was a preacher and he was a teacher and he healed people. But he began to tell his disciples. I know you don't fully understand this kind of stuff to the disciples, but he's saying, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And the son of man is going to give his life for the forgiveness of sins. 
They didn't fully understand what that meant. On this side of the cross, we do understand. We understand that Jesus was saying, I'm coming to live a life in which I am going to die on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. Thus, we come to the second time when joy is mentioned as we think about the life of Jesus in the gospel of Luke. And there is joy in the resurrection of Jesus. In Luke chapter 22 and following, we find, uh, Luke chapter 24, we find that in the resurrection of Jesus, remember Jesus died, he died to take the punishment for our sins, but the disciples thought, man, all hope is lost. This one that we put our trust in, Jesus, he's now died, he's gone, what is going on around us? And then in Luke chapter 24, And verse number 40, it says this, having said this, Jesus showed them his hands and feet. Jesus appears to his disciple and he shows, he says, look, I'm alive. He shows him his hands where the scars are. He shows his feet where the nails had been driven in. And he says this, he says, look, you know, uh, look at my hands and feet. And then says this in verse number uh, 41, while they were still amazed and in disbelief because of their joy, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? But notice what he says. They were in amazement and disbelief because of their joy. Have you ever had one of those moments in life where you kind of pinch yourself and think, is this too good to be true? The disciples were having one of those kind of moments. Now, they knew that Jesus had talked about dying, and they didn't fully understand that. But then they they knew that Jesus had talked about coming back, and they didn't fully understand that. But now, they are in absolute joy because Jesus is alive. They saw Jesus led off by Roman soldiers. No doubt, there were some that took a peek at the cross where Jesus died. But as they came to the tomb on that Easter morning, the stone was rolled away. The tomb was empty. And Jesus then later, as he appears with his disciples, they look at him and they say, this brings joy. Jesus is alive. Everything he said about what he was going to do is true. And then there's another aspect of joy that comes right there in Luke number 24 as well. And that is the ascension of Jesus. Jesus spends 40 days with his disciples here on the earth. And it says in verse number 50 of Luke 24 that he led them out of the vicinity of Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was carried up into heaven. So now Jesus is ascending into heaven. And it says after worshiping him... They returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Now you say, I mean, Jesus died and he rose from the dead and wasn't that enough? But here at the ascension, every doubt that they had about Jesus was answered. Every question that they had about whether Jesus was fully God was taken care of. And there is a sense in which when there is no doubt and there is no fear, that leaves a lot of space for joy in our life. Jesus has confirmed who he 
is. And because Jesus is who he says he is, we can experience joy. And that's the truth of it for us. It's not about our position. It's not about our possessions. It's not about our education, though all of those things can can be important, but they're not most important. What's most important is joy on the inside because of Jesus coming Showing God's love, dying, rising from the dead, ascending into heaven and in heaven today. The Bible says that he actually intercedes and prays for us. But Jesus also gave two uh, speeches, conversations in which he talked about joy as well. So we think about Jesus' life and what that means, but now comes the part it's like, how, how can I know that I have that? I mean, I see what Jesus has done, but what about me? Is there something in my life that I can do to say, Jesus, I not only want to know about that joy, but I want to experience that joy on the inside of my life. And in Luke chapter 15, Jesus gives an illustration, actually three illustrations. He talks about a shepherd who has a sheep and it is he has a hundred sheep and one of the sheep wander off and is lost and he goes to look for it. He talks about a woman who had 10 coins and she lost one and she looked diligently for it. She, he, he talked about uh, a, a man who had two sons and one of them went off and to riotous and a party lifestyle and was lost. And Jesus makes a a statement in Luke chapter 15 that shows us that as we think about joy, there is joy in turning to Christ. He gives the picture of things that are lost and he gives the picture of things that have, that have strayed like a sheep. But in Luke chapter 15, Jesus, he drives it home and, and he tells us this. Luke 15. In verse number seven, He says, all right, Luke 15 is eluding me. There he is. Luke 15, verse number seven. It tells us, as this shepherd has looked for his sheep, I tell you in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over the sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need repentance. What's Jesus saying? He's talking to people. He's not really talking about sheep, and he's not really talking about coins. He's talking about people. And the truth is, all of us at some time in our life have thought things, said things, done things that have disqualified us from a perfect heaven with a perfect God. And because we're disqualified, there's no hope for us for eternity. There's no way we can experience joy on our own. Some people think if I can just do enough good things to outweigh my bad things and I put my life on an old-timey scale, then then if my good outweighs my bad, then I can get to heaven. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. This is how you find that joy in your life. You're turning to Christ. He uses the word repent here, which means that we change our mind, we change our heart, and we change our actions. That we're moving in one direction, but I say, no, Lord, I'm going to say yes to you. I'm going to believe in who you are and what you've done and dying on the cross for my sin and rising from the dead. And I'm going to trust you. I don't know if you keep up with news and those kind of things, but over the last few weeks, you may have known that Jay Leno, the comedian, and uh, was in a, in, a, in a bad accident. 
he was actually underneath an older car, and he loves cars, and some gas strip. He was working on a, on a fuel uh, a clog. And as he was doing that, some fuel dripped onto his face, and then there was a spark, and his face went up on fire. If his friend had not been there to pull him out and kind of suffocate the, the flames under uh, his own uh, shirt and chest against him, then he probably would have died. Leno was rushed to the hospital, and he, in order to help the healing process, had to spend about eight hours a day for several days in what they call a hyperbaric chamber. It's just an oxygen chamber. He called it a a glass coffin. That's what he called it. He said, I'm in this glass coffin for eight hours a day for days upon end. But I found it interesting because the interviewer then asked him, you're in a glass coffin. I mean, you're thinking about death. What did you think about when you were in that hyperbaric chamber? And instead of thinking about, man, you know, I'm, I'm in this glass coffin, thinking about God, thinking about my relationship with God, thinking about what happened if I died, all those kind of things. His answer was, I'm thinking about new material, new jokes. What are the jokes I'm going to be able to tell when I get out? And what I find sometimes is that, that people think uh, about anything to keep them from confronting their own mortality in life. Jokes, throw myself into my education, my work, my relationships, but don't have to think about that moment when I cross from what we know of life into eternity. He tells us there's joy in turning to Christ, but there's one other passage I think that is just absolutely essential that Jesus shares about joy in the gospel of Luke. The disciples, he has sent them off to preach and to teach. And man, they have come back and they are excited. Man, we've been able to preach and some awesome and wonderful things have happened. And Lord, we didn't know that as disciples that that how great this was going to be and how wonderful ministry would be. And in Luke chapter 10 and verse number 20, Jesus says this. Don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. There is joy in knowing you are going to heaven with the Lord when you die. There's joy. He says, look, guys, don't get all excited about about uh, the, the things you're able to do, the preaching, the teaching, and, and seeing. You, you rejoice in this. Your name is written down in heaven. My son and I were talking this past week about uh, one of his classic middle school embarrassments. Did you ever have any of those classic middle school embarrassments? So we moved from Georgia here to Missouri, and our son uh, Luke was going into 11th grade. Joel was going into 9th grade. Micah was growing into 7th grade, and he was starting a new year at DeBray Middle School. And as he shows up at Dubray Middle School, it's the first day of school, you know, it's the new clothes, it's mom taking the pictures before the day starts, and there's all this excitement and all this buzz, and he works into his, walks into his first hour class, and the teacher reads the role, and he's not on the list. And so she says, well, let me see your schedule. So he shows his schedule, and he realizes He's in the wrong gym. He's in gym, but he's at the wrong gym. He's supposed to be in gym A, and he's at the wrong place. He said, but when that teacher didn't call my name, there was this embarrassing, ugh, middle school moment. The Bible gives us the picture 
in Luke chapter 10, if we could bring that verse back up, he gives the picture that there are names that are written down in heaven, that God has a roster, that there's an attendance book, that there's a, that there's a, a membership list of those whose names are written in heaven. And on this list, he says, rejoice if you're on it. God forbid any of us, especially on this Christmas morning, Julie and I were coming home uh, last night. It was a little after 10, and there was an accident on 70, uh, and uh, we were actually getting on uh, right around the Zumbel exit and, and thought, as we could see down uh, the eastbound lanes, looking down, the police cars, thinking, oh, what a horrible night to be in an accident. It's Christmas Eve. And then traffic on 70 backed all the way up. You know, there may be a time in your life where you face that tragic moment and step into eternity. There's joy in knowing your name's already written in heaven. I don't have to die and wonder. Man, I wonder if I was good enough. I, I wonder if, if I did enough. I wonder if I went to church enough, gave enough money. I, I don't have to wonder about those kinds of things. The truth is, is that as Luke records in the book of Acts, in a situation where Paul is talking with a Philippian jailer, he says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. There's this believing aspect in our life that says, I need to trust Jesus alone as the only one who can forgive my sin and the only one who can guarantee me heaven. There's a truth to that. Do you know that you know your name is written in heaven? How sad it would be to think, man, you know what? I went to church on Christmas and Easter and, and, uh, and, and celebrated Jesus coming and Jesus rising from the dead. But somehow along the line, I missed the fact that I was supposed to believe and trust in him alone. Don't miss it. You're called to trust. You're called to believe. Trust Jesus alone. Most of you know that the queen died this past year. And over her coffin was draped what they called the royal standard flag. And the royal standard flag would be a flag that was flown whenever she stayed in one of the uh, palaces that were owned uh, by the royal family. They would fly the flag, the royal standard, over to show that she was there. It reminded me of a song that we used to sing when we were children. And it said this, Joy is the flag flown high over the castle of our heart, for the king is in residence here. You know, when Jesus is in your life, you can fly a flag of joy, knowing that he has all control in life and in death. So I ask you today, have you trusted Jesus? Do you know your name is written in heaven? If you don't know that today, Today, Christmas 2022, may be that day when your life is transformed. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? And I'm going to take just about two minutes. And I want to tell you today that all of us have sinned. Every person here has thought something, said something, or done something that has disqualified us from a perfect heaven with a perfect God. But the Bible says that Jesus died for our sins according to the scripture, and he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scripture. 
Jesus died for our sin to take the punishment, and Jesus rose again from the dead. And the Bible says that you have to trust Jesus alone. And in Romans chapter 10, it says, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then you can be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. Today, if you don't know Jesus, maybe in your heart, you need to be thinking, what do I need to do? Well, you need to talk to the Lord. And say something like this, Lord, I know I've sinned. I know I've thought things, said things, done things that have displeased you. And I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin and rose again. And Jesus, I need you to forgive me and come into my life. You've never made that decision. Pastor Jerry, Pastor Tim, myself, Pastor David will be available after the service if God's speaking to you. Lord, I pray that you would take... Uh, the message that has been shared, how you are the only person that can bring joy. It doesn't happen through possessions or position, education, or vocation, or even earthly relationships. May we be filled with joy because, Lord, you came, you died and rose again, you ascended to heaven. We've turned to you, and we've trusted you alone, and our name is written in heaven. And it's in your powerful name that we celebrate. And for those especially of us who know our names are written in heaven, we celebrate, Jesus, you coming for us. And we cry out, thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.